Hello and welcome to Mike's Open Journal and to episode 69. Today I was very fortunate to be joined by Rachel uh, and we kind of started off a little bit by just talking about where we actually knew each other from um, and how we started conversing. So we talk a little bit about wrestling at the beginning and move quickly into our chosen topic of mental health where Rachel very bravely talks about her own experience and we talk about mental health as a general topic as well and then move into a little bit of a conversation around modelling, kind of being an entrepreneur and managing your own time and kind of being that sort of self-employed freelance role that quite a lot of bloggers seem to have at the moment and obviously for Rachel managing her blog alongside a full-time job and modelling as well. So it's really interesting to talk to Again, someone different, have a different type of conversation um, and just really find out a little bit more about Rachel, someone I've spoken to online, uh, but we've not had kind of long or in-depth conversations or anything like that. Uh, We've just spoken to each other before. So it was really cool for me. Thank you guys for obviously listening in to the podcast. There's loads more going on. So please do go and check mikesopenjournal.com where you can find all of the previous episodes of the podcast along with my blog as well. You can also, as you may know, have found the podcast over at iTunes or on Acast as well as the website. Um, So available for both Android, Apple and everything in between. So I'm going to jump us straight into our conversation. Again, thank you very much for listening in. If you want to hear a little bit more from us, please do go and check the links. They're going to be available at the end of the podcast. Cool. So I think when we started originally talking, like I could have this so wrong, but I think it was because of like wrestling or Pokemon or something like that. I feel like there's, I don't know if it was like Pokemon Go last year because that was really big or I know you're one of a couple of people that interact with like loads around wrestling. Um, So I don't know. Do you remember? I'm not too sure. I don't think it was Pokemon Go because I never really got into that because my phone was just a bit not up to scratch. Uh, oh, okay. So it was going to be wrestling. Uh, I seem to get a lot of people chatting that way. So It's one of those interesting things as well, I think, because there's quite a few people that I talk to where wrestling is really not like their, I don't know, the thing that they talk about or it's not anything to do with their blog or their job and just every so often you kind of link in with people and you're like, oh, actually, like, yeah, we've got this interest that you don't know about. Wrestling's kind of one of those funny things, I guess, that sort of sits underneath a lot of radars. Yeah, I think a lot of people, I mean, either a lot of people don't like it or they are kind of ashamed to admit that they do. Mm. Uh, I'm not really too sure why that is, but I think once you, like, meet somebody else and you really, you know, understand that both of you really like it genuinely and it's not just, like, a cool thing that you say that you watched WrestleMania or whatever, but you didn't really. Um, <laughs> you know, a lot of people do that. Yeah. Or they just go to something where it's on and then just get, you know, get pissed or whatever. Um, I so. do, I don't know, I think it's one of those, it's Once a nice get, bit it of... Does, it's, yeah, it's a nice click. Pardon? Once you get, like, get to know somebody else that really does like yeah. it, click over. I think it's, I don't know, it's like that little bit of escapism as well, isn't it? Like, it's, I feel like it's... When I try to explain it to someone that doesn't watch it, I'm like, this is my soap. Like, yeah, exactly. I've like, heard that before. And they're like, it's fake. But like, no, but it's like, it's like watching Coronation Street, except for they're like big, sweaty men in tiny pants. Yeah. Like, I don't... <laughs> that's the one thing that people get so hooked up on. Like, oh, it's 
fake or they it's scripted or whatever and I'm like well, yeah like the, it is all still happening but yeah it's all planned but so is like every single soap and arguably every single reality show you watch so how is it any different <laughs> Yeah, definitely. No, I agree. Um, I think it is. It's it is. Um, it's one of those interesting ones as well because I found. A lot more that actually it's British people that I speak to about wrestling as well, rather than American people. I don't know quite why that is because I would you naturally think oh it's more popular in America, but actually there's loads of people in this country that are really really supportive of kind of uh, I guess the bigger stuff like WWE, but also regional indie sort of stuff as well, and go along to occasional shows and stuff like that, which is really cool because I think. Again, it feeds into that idea of it's a little bit of a yeah, this is my soap, but actually you can go along and like watch a re- maybe it's not a recording that's going to go on TV, but you can kind of go along and watch a recording which isn't available to people that are just into soaps, I guess. Yeah, definitely. I think definitely like a lot more people in England are liking it now, and it's um, something like the English wrestling scene really died for a while, but it's getting a real big resurgence at the moment. And uh, it's really great to see, you know, WWE scouting here now a lot more actively. And it's just it's brilliant. It's definitely something I think I I was aware of it, like, as a child. But it wasn't, it was never an interest. It was never something that I was really exposed to. Um, so I, do, I think it's cool. I, I don't know if it's it has changed, but I do feel like there's a lot more going on kind of locally and regionally as well now. So I think that's pretty cool. Um, so as we kind of spoke a little bit before we kind of opened up the podcast, um, we obviously talk, or I talk quite a lot around mental health and have spoken about my own experience. I don't know if you're kind of comfortable to tell us a little bit about yourself as well. Yeah, no, I mean, it's quite a relevant thing, um, in my life at the moment. It's, if you, you follow me on Twitter, so you will have seen, mm. I've got a lot going on. I've, I had, um, a psychiatric assessment yesterday, actually. Um, I've kind of had a history since I was probably about 13 or 14 of a lot of depression and anxiety. Um, I used to self-harm a lot. I've had a few suicide attempts. Um, And I could never really pinpoint what it was kind of around. Like, I've had a lot of family issues, but it didn't seem that that was the main focus of what was going on with me. Mm. And um, I've been on a lot of medications, gone through a lot that way, and I've kind of recently you know been going through the process again of kind of getting sorted out and at the moment i mean i'm waiting for you know some official tests to come back and things but they're kind of saying they think i've got bipolar at the moment um so i mean that's quite a change from just being told for a long time that it's you know depression and anxiety and it's just that's it um and i guess kind of for a long time some of the things it's been suggested to me before Hmm. and I kind of pushed it back a little bit because I don't know some of the things that you have to say regarding some of the experiences you have can make you sound a little bit nuts. It's that bit, isn't it, where it's like yeah. when you're yeah. saying stuff for I the first time to a professional, like yeah. Oh. <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's a moment when you finally sit down, take a breath, and you're like, wow, I'm about to say something about like hearing voices this is going to be brilliant (laughs) (laughs) it just oh i don't know it sounds it's so strange to say it aloud as well even as much as you can sort of say it in your head or 
potentially know what's going on, yeah, to sit down with a, a doctor or a professional and say, yeah, actually, I've done this or I've thought this or I hear this or I experienced this. Oh, it's, yeah, I don't know. I, may, I guess it's different for everyone, but it, I, it was so weird the first time. Um, you sort of say it in front of people and you're like, oh, I don't know. I guess afterwards, afterwards, you feel like a real high of like, oh, my God, that was so good, like to talk about it and get it out. But at the time, yeah, it just feels weird. When I first told my doctor, like I went in and like blurted it all out and I was in there for ages. I like I hadn't booked a special appointment or anything. So it was like the standard 10 minute appointment that I stretched to 40 minutes. (laughs) (laughs) You're why everyone's sitting out there. (laughs) And I was his first appointment of the day as well. And I was apologizing to him for that. Um, (laughs) I got out and then as soon as I got out, I was like, oh, my God, I just want to run back inside and say that I take it all back. Like I sound so crazy. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> once you've done it you've done it and no matter what I said after then I've said it yeah got to sort it out moving forward I think it yeah I definitely felt like the I don't remember like straight after but I remember the like the few days or the week or so after the first time I went to see my GP like I felt so much more I don't know like positive I think because it was like the recognition that you've given it like you've actually spoken about it like aloud you've said it to someone else and I guess it's that recognition in yourself as well like actually yes there is something going on and I do need help with it it's not something that is I don't know it's not something that I can just carry on coping with yeah definitely I mean for a long time I just thought maybe I'm just a really horrible person and you know yeah, I have the I have these episodes, and it's I'm mainly quite aggressive when I'm really up. So when I'm really up and everything's go go go, and I'm like thinking everything's amazing, I'm the best at everything, and I just want to be doing everything. If somebody puts in a little seed of you maybe think we shouldn't do that, mm-hmm. I will snap, and it is like it is so Jekyll and Hyde. And it just makes you feel like you're you're a horrible person because you can't control it and you know you shouldn't be doing it, but there's no way you're not going to do it and there's no way you're going to take it back. Um, because even though you know you're wrong, you're not going to admit that you're wrong because mm. that person's brought you down when you were good. And so it's their fault. Um, but now knowing, you know, and having had all these assessments and things, I understand it's not just me being... Um, being a horrible person to be around it's it's a genuine problem that can be helped and that's the best part is knowing that it's something that can be helped I think it's it's getting to a stage as well where you kind of recognize that is is really good because like you say it's so easy to get caught up in that oh this is just what I'm like and people don't always like me or um like you say you're just getting annoyed with other people and getting angry and actually like in my mind I was like yeah I can understand how that other person is like trying to be really rational and trying to like maybe calm you down or focus you in or something and you're like don't you know how like angry and depressed I am and actually like this is one of the times I'm actually happy why are you trying to bring me down (laughs) everybody's always moaning at you that you're not happy and then when you are and they try to bring it down you're just like I don't understand (laughs) like what do you expect from me can I win? If I'm too happy, it's a problem. If I'm not happy, it's a problem. <laughs> I think that's, I don't know, it's trying to get to that stage where there's some sort of, um, I don't know about balance, I guess an understanding of 
how you are. Um, and if it's you're at a stage where you think actually oh, I'm not happy with this, like there does there is something there, um, then that is the time to go and see your GP or whoever and and have a chat with them. And I think quite quickly. Um, they're able to give you a bit of an indication. I wouldn't say anything more than that, um, but they give you an indication, and I think that really helps. Some people um, I've spoken to, like that's been enough for them, actually just going along to the GP, having a bit of a chat, and kind of recognising that there's a little bit of a challenge that they've got can be enough for some people. Um, And that's really cool that they get that reassurance or support straight away. But it sounds like kind of over time your diagnosis has changed and I don't know how has that been good because you feel like oh actually there's interest in how I'm doing or is it a case of actually it's a quick fix and we don't really care what's going on with you each time you're in um I mean for a long time I think one of the issues I had is I didn't mention a lot of things that were going on um I think because I predominantly sit at quite a low level I'm I'm quite depressed most of the time. Mm. Um, and so for me, any time I've ever gone to the doctors when I've been in that low state, because when you're, when you're feeling brilliant, why would you go to the doctor? Yeah. Uh, so it's always been when I've been low, and the main thing has just been to not feel low. And so I've not mentioned other things that go on, mm. um, because I just want the, the feeling of being that low to stop. Yeah. And I, a lot of the things, if you're not too sure what's normal for what like what's normal for depression what's normal for if it's bipolar if it's this or that if you're not sure what they are it can be quite scary to come out with a symptom that you're not sure what it would fit into Mm. um i mean one of the things i was quite scared of is it's hard to explain a thing i've been dealing with lately is um having a thought but it's not my thought Mm. Uh, it's not quite hearing a voice i can't audibly hear it but it is a thought in my mind that kind of eggs me on but it's not like i'm actually having it thought and i know that sounds completely weird and it's like well who else's thought is it rachel um but i'll be walking down the street and i'll be feeling fine and something just goes in me just throw yourself in front of that car and i'm like but i don't want to throw myself in front of a car but there's a thought there to do it Mm. And it feels alien to me being... It's not me being like, I want to throw myself in front of that car. It's something telling me that I want to do it, but without being audible. And that's so... When you're hearing that, it kind of sounds like, does that count as hearing a voice? Does that mean that I'm going to be schizophrenic? Um, Or what is that? Is that a normal thing that everybody has? Hmm. And so if you don't know what you call that, it's quite a scary thing to then go and tell somebody because you don't know which way the diagnosis will go. It's really hard, isn't it? Because, like you say, even in that, when you describe it, it's like trying to you you're trying to work it out as you go as well, aren't you? Like, okay, so is this um, like the in brackets normal? Is this something that everyone has? Is it something that I have? Is it like is it just a little bit different? Is it a quirkiness? Is it something serious? Like, um, and I think we get caught up in kind of diagnosing ourselves sometimes when I I don't know I wonder if it's a a case of because we don't have that culture of just talking about mental health that um, you don't have an opportunity to build up awareness of different 
symptoms of different illnesses of of the fact that actually we could be really affected heavily by one thing but also have like a couple of symptoms for something else that it's never going to be a problem for us but we might have a couple of symptoms of it um and until you go and see the doctor for most people you're never even in the situation where you're talking about it and i think like you say how hard is it to describe something that you've never had to describe before or how nervous and anxious can you be about having to talk about something you've never spoken about before um and it's not like oh you go from never talking about it to sort of whispering about it in a corner you're like okay I've got to decide I want to go and talk to the doctor I've got to book an appointment I've got to turn up for that appointment I've got to go in and then in front of this professional person that knows all about medicine I'm gonna have to try and describe something that I don't really understand I think exactly yeah it's hard it's yeah it's hard it really really is um yeah it's 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 hard to always understand what the sim like you can look at symptoms online but the wording i mean what counts as that what counts as a what counts as being disassociated what mm. counts as having an intrusive thought what counts as a voice do you actually able to have to be able to hear it like yeah um, there's a there's a lot of things that you don't really understand in in that level and so it's very scary to kind of go in and just say look this is how i'm going to explain it to you does it make sense yeah it's it's hard i think the like the stuff online can be really useful to give you for me it gives you a bit more of an understanding and a bit more of a context um so i wouldn't i it's it's awkward to go by it in terms of like a diagnosis but i think it it helps you to think actually okay this is part of maybe this or this is part of maybe that or maybe there's a few different things going on but like yes this is stuff that people experience like other people have before other people will in the future and there are other people experiencing it now and i think that can be really good um but it's sometimes the case where maybe someone looks at that and is just like right that's it that's what i'm affected by and then that can be really difficult because actually long term you're potentially missing out on a lot of support or information that maybe the doctor would be aware of but we're not because we're just reading something off of the internet no, definitely, definitely agree. Um, so what sort of support have you had kind of throughout your experiences? I mean, early on it was quite hard. Um, when it was when I was being diagnosed as depression and anxiety, it was um it was quite hard to get anything done. There was a lot of um try this medication a few weeks, maybe a month later. Oh, it's not really doing much, okay, try this one. Mm. And that went on for quite a while until I kind of had to um I got my mum involved actually. And um, she's quite a, a headstrong woman, and she kind of just said to the doctor, look, something's not right with my daughter. We're not leaving this room until you've sorted it out. Mm. And um, that kind of got me, you know, my original referral through the mental health system. Um, and that process quite quickly. I had, you know, my assessments and everything. Um, but then I got kind of told they wanted to do, like, group counselling with me, and I had to go on a waiting list for 18 months. Mm is a ridiculously long time especially because you know at the time I was like telling them I was suicidal and I wanted to jump in front of a train and I was having like a lot of really intense thoughts of self-harming every day and they wanted to me to wait 18 months yeah um so that was that was really difficult um and kind of I I got to the point where I just kind of had to figure my own way for a little while um you know I, I left my job um 
I spent a few months just, you know, staying with my parents, not really doing anything, just trying to get through the day, you know, having like a list of like five things to do, like get up, have a shower, eat something, take the dog on a walk. Mm-hmm. And that was like, you know, sometimes I didn't get through all of those things. Um, I kind of got through that period and then started doing something I enjoyed. So I thought, okay, I'm going to go to college. Um, I'm going to go do a part-time course doing something that I like. So I started doing art. And that really helped pick me up and, you know, kind of sort myself out a little bit. And it's it's been a while kind of since then. It's been about five years. Hmm. And I think now that things have kind of settled down because I've moved around a lot, it's that's when you kind of notice, okay, the things that are happening to me aren't just because I've got a hectic life. It's not just because I've just moved town, you know, three times in a year. It's I'm stable now hmm. and there's issues. That's probably something else. So, I mean, I had my original appointment with my GP maybe, I want to say, a month and a half ago. Okay. Um, I kind of went in, you know, said, you know, look, I'm going to have to tell you some things that sound a bit crazy, but I think I might be bipolar. Kind of said, why do you think that? Kind of went into it. He gave me um, a few questions uh, from a list he had on his screen. He was kind of like nodding along. And went, right, what I'm going to do, I'm going to refer you to the psych team. Um, and, you know, they'll they'll kind of take it from there. Hmm. Um, I do want to see you again in two weeks. And so I've been seeing my GP every two weeks just to kind of check in to make sure I'm okay. But uh, within three days of that first appointment, I had my letter from um, from the psych team, you know, offering me an appointment. Um, and that appointment was like, well, it was yesterday. So that hmm. was three weeks from, from the date. From the, the first, yeah. So, I mean, that's quite quick, really, um, in terms of the mental health system. Um, I had my appointment yesterday, then they contacted my boyfriend afterwards because, um, you know, with something like bipolar, they do have to kind of talk to people around you to get an outside perspective of your activities and your behaviour. Um, and then today I got a call back saying, yep, yeah, we're going to have some tests for you, and then, you know, if everything comes back clear, we'll be giving you your official diagnosis and we'll be starting you on some antipsychotic medication, and then, um, you know, we'll take it from there. So that's kind of where I am at the moment. And it's, you know, it's been a much better experience this time. But I've also mm-hmm. been more open and honest than I was last time. So I think that has helped. I think, yeah, I've heard a couple of people talk about before, um, like, oh, um, should I mention this to my doctor or my um, like therapist or whoever? And it's, I always say, like, if you can, yeah, tell them, like, because... If you're thinking about it, it's probably worth them knowing anyway. And if it isn't anything, they'll they'll know. Um, like the holding back information stuff isn't going to be helpful. Like I completely understand why some people do it. Um, but yeah, like the more information you give, the 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 better service they're going to be able to give you. I mean, it doesn't necessarily mean that you wouldn't have had to wait eighteen months anyway in the first place, but. Um, I think yeah the the waiting list for some stuff does seem ridiculously long um though saying that the group therapies are usually much quicker so I'm really surprised like you would have had to wait that long for a group session yeah no it was um it was up in Leicestershire um at the time I mean I'm now down in Oxfordshire so I don't know if maybe things just work a bit faster down here but um mm. it was quite a long a long time to have to yeah wait. that's ages and it it gets me like when you hear, yeah. Well, it's when you hear people say, 
I'm on like four month waiting list or something and you're like okay I know that's that really isn't great but okay and I've had a few people say like yeah eight nine months and think you've gone in talking about like self-harm and suicide and stuff like that and they're like yeah we'll get you in like who's saying you're going to be around in like nine months time like you need the support now um and it just seems like a a very I don't know I feel like they're there probably is more support that's available in the interim, but it just doesn't seem very well signposted at the moment. No, I think you've got to be um, in quite a strong place to ask for it before you receive it as well. Mm. Which, when you're going through struggles like that, you're not always there. You know, I mean, I'm in a place now where I'm more able to say, okay, so what is going on? Can you just mm. tell me? Can you tell me yeah. what's going to happen next? But at first, when it's like a really new experience for you, you don't always have the confidence to do that. You just like, okay. Is this what's happening? Yeah, is this what I do? All right, okay, yeah, I'll just go along with it. Yeah. And to some extent, I think you're not happy with, but just the acknowledgement that, like, someone sat there and listened to you talk about it is a massive achievement. So it's almost like, oh, if I get nothing out of this, I've already got that. Like, yes, that is great, but that's you. You've done that bit. Like, now it's time for somebody else to come and help. Like, sitting there and listening to you isn't enough. They They should be signposting to you to something that you can access within a week, um, even if it's just local services. Um, there should be... And like I know now that there is loads of stuff that's available that's like free to access. A lot of the stuff is in the day, so you would be hindered if you're working, but there's a lot of stuff that does go on. And actually, um, just a little bit more, I think information and signposting and some of those things that aren't oh I don't know I guess I don't know if NHS can really do that they can signpost to stuff that's not NHS but there is stuff out there that people can to, can use and turn to and I just don't think it's really hugely signposted by doctors yeah no, I mean my doctor was good that the first time I, I kind of went to him and he said he was going to refer me to the psych team like he did give me um a, a website num- uh, name so I could go on and like, you know, do some activities there and kind of like look through some notes and things that might maybe be able to help me. And he also did give me a telephone number for, I think it's Talking Space. Okay, yeah. So just in case, you know, I needed that as well. So he was quite good in, in doing that. But a lot of doctors are, I've done my job. Yeah. Let it be Yeah, I've signposted you to the thing. You're going to have to wait eight months, but who cares? I've signposted you to it. Yeah. It's not great. But, yeah, I did see, I saw, um, yeah, earlier this week that you had um, your appointments and stuff going on, and I was like, oh, I hope that goes well because I don't want it to all go badly. And then I talked to you, and I'm like, how's it going? And you're like, no, it's really, really bad. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was a bit worried. about. oh, gosh, we're going to have a talk about mental health, and I'm in a terrible place. <laughs> Sometimes I think it depends on how you are because I've spoken to people before, and they're like, actually, it's quite a nice break just to sit down and chat about whatever and it's it's actually helped me and I've had other people that have said actually I'd rather not can we postpone and we've put just postponed in it's not a problem um so it can go either way depending on whether you're up or down anyway um but I think it's always nice when someone's able to come back and say actually yeah I've been in and um like they've now given me like these worksheets or directed me to this service or whatever so it's always good when someone comes back and like, actually yeah we're we're moving forward with it and that's really good yeah definitely i mean it's a scary time at the moment obviously i mean it's not something that you wish to have 
diagnosed and it's not something that you you know you don't want to go on antipsychotics or whatever but if it's um if it's going to move things forward in a positive direction it's going to make things better in the future it's a positive step and we know what's going on and it's um i've just got to kind of think of it that way for myself yeah and i think we again like it's one of those things if you if you struggled with uh like an ankle or a wrist injury or something like that like you might battle on and carry on with it for a while but actually you get to some stage where you'd say look come on there's an issue here like just let's just get it sorted it'd be in a cast for a month or whatever and then it should be okay and heal up and i think a lot of the time that's why we get to the stage where people are in such bad sort of state with their mental health because it's been left and left and left and left and left um, and it has got worse in the same way that that physical injury would get worse. Um, when actually, if we just were a bit more open about it in the first place, um, as a culture, potentially some of those illnesses um, definitely could have been helped um, at an earlier stage. Uh, whether they, they maybe they still would have happened, but I just don't think they would have got as intense as they end up getting. And they wouldn't have caused you as many problems that they do because they do cause you issues. Yeah, and I think it was really nice when you were talking about obviously um, your experience that you mentioned having your mum and your boyfriend, and you seem to have like quite a good support network around you. Has that really helped you like over that time? Yeah, I mean, I'm not sure that they always fully comprehend what it is that I'm telling them I'm experiencing. Um, but I think sometimes it's something you have to have gone through yourself to fully understand, but mm. they understand that I'm going through something, um, and that I'm trying to do my best to get the help that I need. Um, and so that's been really positive. My boyfriend is, um, is an incredibly calm person. He's like annoyingly calm, actually. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we've been together for five years and we've not had a single argument. And that is not for lack of me trying. (laughs) (laughs) He he doesn't rattle about anything, which can be frustrating, but it's actually quite helpful when you're going through something like this because he is Mm. just sitting there listening to you, being quiet. And then at the end, once you've said your piece, he very calmly kind of reassures you and moves it along. And that's really positive. Mm. He's been really great in that regard. I think it's having someone that's there to just listen to you as well sometimes especially when you're going through those mixture of kind of thoughts and feelings and emotions to know that someone's just prepared to just sit there and listen to what you're going through and like you say they don't have to um, completely understand what's going on but they're willing to sit and listen and try to learn as much as possible and just support you with whatever's going on yeah exactly which is really cool to hear because I know some people can really struggle with that. So it's nice that you've got that kind of consistency. So hopefully we're moving in the right direction and there's lots of help and support and stuff coming towards you now. Yeah, that's kind of, that's where I'm going for it. Um, you know, I'm not in a great place at the moment, but I can, I can see it's coming. So mm. uh, that's quite good. I can see a light at the end of the tunnel, which I haven't always been able to. So that's really great. That's good. I think, I don't know, I know for me... Um, one of the big things was uh, like early on, like a lot of people would talk about kind of getting better and almost like a, oh, you do this and you do that and then you're going to be sorted. Um, and for me, I found like a lot of acceptance in myself in just saying, well, it's not about getting better. It's about just understanding and being able to kind of live with it. And 
improve the way that I react to it. Um, and just accepting that made such a huge difference to me. Like, um, everything seemed to be a lot less intense. It was a lot less frequent because um, you almost build it up in yourself as well. And I think when something happens, you invest so much emotion in that and, like, being disappointed that it's happening or being angry about it, being frustrated, when actually... Um, a lot of the time that I've experienced episodes, like they've lasted hours before because I'm so in there and like just annoyed it's happening and frustrated. Whereas actually now, a lot of the times that I say, actually, do you know what? Like, fuck it, I'm just going to let it happen. Um, and it'll pass a lot quicker. It's a lot less intense. Um, like I'm still disappointed that it happens and I get like that. But actually the improvement from being like, okay, it's going to last like two or three hours to it now last like a couple of minutes is massive. And it's trying to sort of work through whatever works for you. And I think for kind of the stuff that you've spoken through, like being in a situation that's now more stable, you've got great support around you, being able to talk to the doctors more openly um, and kind of continuing that support and investing time, I guess, in just finding out, um, what is it that's happening with me and what kind of support is there is a really great way forward. And it, not it doesn't matter, but it's kind of accepting that actually, yeah, at the moment it might not be a great time, but generally, like you say, we're moving forward. Yeah, exactly. You've, kind of, you've got to stop thinking of it as something that you can, you can fix completely. Because I think if you start to think that it's, it's something that you can cure or something that you can get over when you next do have an episode you mm. then blame yourself a bit and it's oh no I thought I was past that and yeah. here we are again but if you can accept that these things come and go and learn to deal with them when they happen mm. it's much easier to get through the thought that it might not be something that ever cures it might not be something that ever goes away but you know how to handle it yeah I think it's not to say that because um, I think some people see it as like being defeatist and I'm like I'm not saying that that's not going to happen. I'm just saying that's not my target and that's not my expectation. Um, like, I'm just working on being happier and that's enough. Exactly. That's the same thing. Um, that's pretty cool. So thank you very much for, like, sharing that because it can be hard to talk about it as well. So that's pretty cool that we had that. Um, and I know that you mentioned going back to college and kind of having those other interests as well. Um, like, I think it really helps to have that kind of creative outlet sometimes with some of the struggles that we have around mental health. Um, I know different people have different interests, but I've definitely found things like um, photography and writing um, and just kind of getting outside have made a real difference to me. Um, like, has that come across with, like, your art and things like that or is that something that's kind of dropped off a bit more recently um being completely honest i don't think i do as much art as i used to mm. uh, i i really loved um painting in particular i do really large pieces i do like a a1 and a0 sized paintings and it was um it was quite intricate and it was kind of something to distract myself yeah because um, i was focusing on really tiny pieces of something that was really huge mm. uh, and obviously then when you do come out with something at the end and you're like wow I did that you know and it's, it gives you a sense of accomplishment um no matter how long it's taking you to get there which was really handy um at the moment I kind of um you know I, I do a lot with, with my with my blog I kind of try and get a post a week up there um and that kind of 
that can be it can be hard sometimes. I'm not saying I always manage to get a post a week up, mm. uh, but you know it's given me a, a chance to to write about what's going on in my life because I don't have a great social life at the moment with all the problems that I've had going on. Um, so it kind of gives me a, a bit of a chance to express myself, um, to write things and keep my brain active. Um, I get to be creative with the photography for it and like you know figure out what I think looks nice. And it kind of gives me a little space that I can be proud of and like, look what I've done. And it's not taking, it's not taking a huge, a huge amount of space and a huge lot of time for me. It's just something that mm. I can, that I've done, and that I've, um, I've accomplished that week. So I do have one question. I yeah. saw in um, one of your recent posts was about your cat and there's a picture that looks like it's on the roof I have concerns as to how this picture was taken <laughs> <laughs> yeah there was um uh it was my cat cash dog that I had when I lived back in New Zealand she was three-legged and okay. uh, it just so happened that my bedroom window looked out onto the garage roof oh, so okay. <laughs> Although I can't in all honesty say I have never climbed onto that roof to sneak out the house before. <laughs> <laughs> I just had this image of you like perched on the end of the roof, getting ready to take this pitch, and I'm like, no, 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 no. <laughs> to be fair, in all honesty, I probably did have my legs dangling out the window while I took that photo. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's dedication to the cat pictures. <laughs> She's such a beautiful cat, you couldn't not. <laughs> I know, but... <laughs> oh, dear. Um, and pictures are obviously part of um, some of the other stuff that you do as well. So uh, you're a model. I don't know, how, how did that kind of come around from going back to college and doing the artwork and stuff? Where did that kind of come into play? Um, but around that same time when I was at college and doing art... Um... You know, I was like kind of trying to sort myself out mentally, and one of the things that I've always struggled with is um, is confidence. Mm. Uh, I'm I come across in person. Everybody tells me that I seem really confident, and you know, I, I wear you know some outrageous things sometimes, and people think, oh, that must mean you're really confident. But I really do struggle. Mm. Um, so, I had a friend in my art class who was doing a photography project, and um, she needed somebody to be naked for this photography project. And she couldn't find anybody. And I just went, you know what? I'll do it. Mm. <laughs> and so um, I said, if you dye my hair for me, I will pose naked in the shower for you. Um, and that's kind of how it started. I, I mean, I felt incredibly uncomfortable, but we got it done. And mm. um, kind of from then on, when I knew she had these images and I'd let her do whatever she wanted, I'm like, they're probably going to end up on the internet one. I just kind of start doing it myself. So... Mm. Um, I started posting, you know, some of my own photos um, on my membership page on Suicide Girls. Yeah. Um, I'm a big fan of Suicide Girls, and it's always been something that I really want to do. Um, and uh, I kind of just got a lot of really positive feedback from it, and it really boosted my confidence. And then I met my boyfriend around that time, and he said, yeah, you should just really go for it. You know, people are people are loving it. Just do it. I think it's really interesting when you get that, um really like the empowerment that comes through from that because i think there's definitely that idea that oh there's a certain stigma that comes from posing for um those type of pictures or for naked pictures or for paintings and things like that i think actually i find it really interesting in terms of like one 
the like amount of interest and attention that person can draw to themselves um, for doing... I'm sure there's loads of work that goes into this, but doing nothing. <laughs> and then the like the idea that actually, when you look at it, like I kind of do in terms of the mental health side, there can be so much going on in the background, like you say about kind of body image, about um, the the way that you kind of feel within your own skin as well. Um, and I think that's a really interesting kind of topic or conversation, I guess, that a lot of people just skip past and they're like, oh, it's just a naked picture. I'm like, whoa, like there's backstory here <laughs> yeah no definitely I mean, it's, uh, you know, it took me a lot to finally post, post you know the first picture on um online that wasn't on suicide girls because on suicide girls if you post on your member profile it's private it's just mm. for the, the suicide girls community and that's quite a safe zone because not many people are negative on there yeah. when you just go and just post it somewhere else and start you know sending in photos to magazines and things which i've done that's mm. um it's quite a step because um, it opens it up as well doesn't it like you say then it's it's away from this idea of I guess like the membership side where it is safe, I don't know about protected but it is safer like you say it's in a community where that's expected rather than something that's different as well um, how have you felt kind of over time as that sort of spread into having like your own website um, and other things that you're involved with as well um, I mean I think the thing that was was quite a difference is it's one thing for you know somebody to kind of like look at a po- picture you've posted for free and go oh yeah nice boobs you know or whatever yeah. but then for it to get to a point where people are willing to pay for it and mm. they're willing for you to do something specifically just for them mm. that kind of, that really boosts it even more because you're like wow actually no it's not just some dirty old man online that wants to see some free boobs like this is somebody that like likes me enough yeah they you know pay out you know extra money just for pictures of me and yeah that's quite a that's quite a, a feeling to be fair um and you know it's just i mean it's been hard you know telling telling some people about it i mean my, most of my family have been really good about it um my mum kind of i kind of told her when i accidentally posted a link um, to some nude photos of myself onto my personal Facebook page. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. I realised it had been up on there for an hour, and I was like, oh gosh, I better tell them somebody else does. <laughs> um, but uh, thankfully, I called her at about, it must have been about one o'clock in the morning, and I was like, Mum, I need to tell you something. Uh, I don't know if you already know or not. But um, She was like, no, I was asleep. <laughs> you know that thing I did for that girl at college when I got naked in the shower and she took pictures of me? I was like, you know that wasn't just a one-off time, right? And she was like, Rachel, she goes, you've been getting presents from strange men in the post that you don't know. I know what you're doing. <laughs> Um, so no, she's been fine with it, which is quite funny because she's uh, she's quite religious, um, and you know, dirty jokes and everything go a little bit above her head. Mm. So for her to be kind of okay with it, and she's just like, you know, if you're happy, Sam's happy. Um, you know, just don't let anybody be mean to you, and you do you. Well done, go for it. Yeah, that's really nice. So, uh, yeah, she's been really supportive now, which is not what I expected. I expected a little bit of a sigh, a touch, and then a head shake, and that was about it. Yeah. But yeah, that's been really great, and most of my family don't really care, or they just have a little bit of a laugh about it and move on. Mm. Um, you know, there's been a few people here and there that have kind of been like, you know, I feel sorry for your boyfriend, you know, family friends and things like that, but 
you know, my boyfriend's fine with it. He knew I wanted to do that before I got with him. So um, if he doesn't mind, yeah, who else really matters, you know? Yeah, I think that's the thing as well, isn't it? At the end of the day, it's, like you say, it's how you feel within yourself. And I think you're one of those examples of, like, how it's, I don't know, I feel like having listened to you um, and seen what you've posted online before, like, actually, it's been a huge benefit to you. Um, like, you've got loads from it. It's helped you within yourself. Um, and that's away from anything, like, financially. That's just within you. Um, and like you say, to be at a stage where, oh, I'm sure people will click like or whatever as they see like boobs scrolling through a screen. But you're at a stage where it's past that. There are free boobs everywhere. And actually there are people that are willing to pay to just interact with you. Um, and I think that kind of goes past, I don't know, in my mind, it goes a little bit past that idea of, oh, it's your body. It's actually like you that they want to interact with as well. Yeah, and that's what's really, um, really astounding because I get a lot of messages and people are just like, you know, you're just a really great person. I'm like, I, I don't understand where you've got this from. They're just like, you're just really down to earth and you just say what you think. You don't care what anybody else says about it. And I just didn't realise that was such a, a rare thing. I thought, you know, most people did that, but apparently, you know, apparently not. <laughs> um, yeah, I suppose it's a way that, I guess it's just the rapport that you can have with people as well. Um, I don't know, maybe it's different with everyone, but... Uh, I think, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I just, I think because in my mind there are so many places where people can get um, like nude images and stuff for free now that anyone that's kind of willing to pay for that is looking for something more or different to just like, oh, here's a naked image or here's an image of me doing whatever. Like, actually, it's the interaction that people want. Yeah, no, I mean, a lot of the people that buy my content Maybe I'm not really necessarily their type, but they're like, you know, you're just such, you know, I just really like you. Um, mm. I really feel like we clicked, you know, when I first messaged you, so I'm always going to support you. And then they buy all of my content and I might not be, you know, they might like skinny blonde girls, yeah. um, which you know, I'm not. And um, But they still buy my stuff because, you know, I'll, I'll send them a message and say thanks and you know, have a little catch up. How you doing? You know, what's been going on with you? You know, that kind of thing. So mm. I think that's kind of more what it's for. And how has that kind of come across in terms of, like, obviously your time now, like you were saying earlier, about being hectic and having a lot going on. Um, like, how do you manage your time between, like, doing the modelling, having a blog, um, and anything else that you've got going on as well? Yeah, I mean, I mean, I work full-time as well, so I have a full-time job. Um, one week I do early shifts, one week I do late shifts. Um, so that can be, you know, trying to plan things, especially because most of the, the online kind of stuff, like I do premium Snapchat, I guess I'd update that mostly at night time, which is, you know, the most popular time to kind of get sales for that kind of thing. Cause that's, you know, when everyone's getting in the mood and whatnot. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you're sitting back and relaxing. <laughs> no, nobody, you know, wanking off at six o'clock in the morning, are they? Um, <laughs> not as many. I wouldn't say none, <laughs> but not as many. <laughs> oh, there's different time zones as well to cater for, though, I guess. That's true. Um, that is true. But no, so I, I mainly want to do that kind of thing at night time because it's, it's the better time to do it. Mm. So I'll have one week where I manage it easily enough and then the next week it's really tight to fit in. But I mean, as I said, I, I kind of only aim for maybe like one blog post a week. Um, I try to update my premium Snapchat at least twice a week. Don't always manage that. Sometimes it is just once a week. Mm. Um, I try to shoot a set maybe every two or three weeks. And there's just a lot that goes into, you know, like 
scheduling all of the promotion for it because if you don't promote it nobody's going to go and buy it unless they're you know somebody that buys everything that you put out yeah and again it was attracting those people in the first place obviously like you say to to let them know that on social media not just promoting yourself you've got to be active on social media just being you as Mm. well um so yeah it's you know it can be quite intense but i somehow manage it i don't understand where (laughs) (laughs) I've I guess everywhere, but they're all half started and not finished. So, I suppose it's that idea as well of it's. Uh, I don't know. Like it's that that over time, it's spread out. It doesn't have to be like every Tuesday at this time or whatever. It's a uh, like you're buying into. Sounds weird, but you're like just buying into Rachel. Yeah. yeah, and it's like this stuff. All this stuff kind of happens around this time, but. It's not strict, and then I guess that there's then that's more enjoyable for the other person as well because they're like actually, it's a bit more of that type of a relationship, I guess. Yeah, no, and I think because when I when I don't manage to you know post my Snapchat for a while or whatever, you know I will put a message up and saying, look guys, I'm really sorry I've not been around, kind of going through something at the moment, and you know I'll talk about it. I'm you know I'm happy to to have the conversations about personal things that maybe people aren't so much, you mm. know normally happy to do there's a lot of girls that you know do what I do that don't want to talk about the fact that they have a boyfriend they don't want to talk about what they do for a job and although like I'll keep where I work private because obviously I don't think every workplace wants to be associated with what I do um you know I'll let people know what I do I'll talk about my life I'll say what happened today you know I'll I'm not afraid to mention my life Hmm. talk to it with these people in areas that maybe other people wouldn't yeah and i guess like you say maybe that's the difference when you get people that are um saying yeah maybe i would prefer a blonde or whatever but actually i really like this person um and that makes a difference when people are kind of looking around at what they're attracted to or what they are um looking for in terms of what makes them happy i guess yeah no, I mean, it's definite, because, I mean, it's not even like I'd go up to really high levels or anything. I don't do any adults. There's no open leg or anything going on. It's, you know, topless, a bit of bum, and that's about it. Mm. Um, and the girls that do a lot more than that, and some girls that, you know, their premium Snapchats are a lot cheaper than mine is. But, mm. uh, you know, I get people that like me that, yeah. you know, get more for their money elsewhere, but, you know, they like me, so they stick with me. Mm. Yeah, that is pretty awesome. That does sound appealing. Oh, it's a shame I'm not an attractive girl. <laughs> <laughs> so many people say that, like, just if I had boobs. <laughs> yeah. God damn it! I'd be Don't out there. Boobs. Just go for the right market. There's men out there that would pay for things. Oh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> the amount of people, actually, I've had a lot of people that buy my content that have then gone and said, can I have a picture of your boyfriend's, you know, and I'm like, why do you want a picture of my boyfriend's downstairs? Amazing. <laughs> like, she's in a relationship. We're going to get some couple action. <laughs> um, a little bit strange, but, you know, it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. You can give him some pocket money. <laughs> um, he's, such a, he's such a good egg, my boyfriend. He puts up with so much. I'm just like, look at <laughs> look at this penis photo I've just been sent. Look at this really dirty message. How are we going to reply to this? And we kind of sit there and work something out together. <laughs> oh, amazing. <laughs> I love the idea of him sat there replying to somebody else and they're like, oh, this is really good. This is really good. And your boyfriend being sat there replying. Like, 
Oh, that'd be amazing. It'd be so funny. It's done that many times. <laughs> as long as it works for them, it doesn't matter who's sending the message. Exactly. They don't know who's sending the message. No, and to some extent, do they care? Like, it's in their them. mind, it's you. That's as much as it needs to be. Exactly. Um, so what sort of stuff have you got going on? I, it's not really summer now, is it? For, like, the coming months? Have you got any projects or anything on the go? Um, well, I am going down to uh, to London this weekend for London Edge. Cool. So um, that's like a alternative fashion and lifestyle trade show. Cool. Um, so was, uh, that's quite cool. I went down to my first one in February of this year, mm. and it's like kind of meet a few of like you know my blogger friends and things. Some of the girls that are you know a little bit more alternative, that like bright coloured hair, dark clothes, that kind of thing. So I mean, I've met I've met. I believe four of them, uh, but it's going to be a lot more this year, so that'll be really great. You know, I don't get out of the house much, so it'll be nice to kind of get out and do some things there. Mm. I'm going down to London Tattoo Convention at the end of next month as well. <sighs> Are you going to get a tattoo out of the convention? I'm not, unfortunately. I don't have the money for it at the moment. <laughs> I think I remember someone mentioning it. I don't know if it was in London. It was somewhere... A- about a year ago, or maybe a little bit more, and um, they really wanted to go, and they were in the same situation, and they actually decided they weren't going to go because they said, "If I go, I can't go and not get something, so I'm not yeah. going to go." And I was like, I, "I kind of understand where you're coming from, but surely you can still go and have a nice time and not get a tattoo." And I'm like, "No, I just can't do it." <laughs> you can, but there's a lot to buy there as well. I didn't realise when I went last year. I didn't realise how much stuff there is. There's so many prints there's so many shops of really awesome clothes and like taxidermy animals um there's everything and it just ugh, it's like an alternative dream I, I didn't take enough bags with me when i went down i was carrying so much <laughs> <laughs> i do like that's the thing with um some of the blogger stuff that goes on like i've i've been tempted to go to a couple of events i've not gone to because they've looked very mainstream let's say and um i think most of the ones i've I've opted not to really look at or worry about it's definitely been the right decision um like i've spoken to people that have been and they sort of said yeah it was really good because i got to meet people but actually it was all um mainstream stuff and I was like, yeah, it's cool to meet people, but when you're paying sort of 15, 20 quid for a ticket and then you've got your travel on top and it's basically a day, I'm like, I kind of want to get more out of it than just seeing the people because I can see the people at another event. Yeah. Um, so it is trying to pick and choose a little bit because I think um, the ones that I ended up looking at, it just, oh, this is a blogger event. And I'm like, oh, cool. And you look at it and you're like, oh, it's just like fashion and beauty and a bit of travel. I'm like cool if that's in amongst other stuff but yeah no I definitely I mean I've not gone to anything else blogger related other than London Edge yeah Um, because I mean I'm gonna be perfectly honest I've not really looked looked around for what is out there that isn't incredibly mainstream most of them seem to be the same kind of things that are hosted all over the place that everybody Mm. goes to and I kind of want something a little bit different if you know what I mean yeah well and Obviously, if you're interested in that, then that's great, um, like something that's alternative. But also, I just think, oh, it's something different. Like, so let's go and see, like, what's... 
Because when you're talking about like the alternative stuff and like the tattoos, like oh that'd be cool to go to just because it's something different. Like the like I enjoy the mental health stuff because like that's what I'm interested in, that's what I'm affected by. But because it's not popular enough that there's like loads of it, there's not enough of it for me to get bored. But I feel like oh in terms of the like generic blogger like stationary and let's talk about writing and like yeah that's cool but it's got to be in amongst something else for me it's not enough on its own to be I don't know I just it's too samey yeah I think like as far as I can get into that is you know I get um I get every issue that comes out of is it blogosphere magazine <laughs> um, and that yeah. kind of fills my need for the very basic blog stuff that's going yeah. on um, yeah any further than that, I don't read really any mainstream blogs. Um, I, I get enough of it from that, and that's once a month. It's a small dose. Yeah. And, I it and that's it. I don't need any more. Yeah, it gives you a nice little top up, I think, I suppose. I've never. Top of the thing, but without, you know, overdosing on boredom. <laughs> yeah, I've, ne- I've never read um, the magazine just because I'm like, oh, a magazine isn't that old fashioned. I don't. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like maybe it's like a a vintage... I don't know. I just... Yeah, it's past me to, like, buy newspapers and magazines and stuff. I'm like, we've got the internet. It's all free. I don't understand why you're paying for it. Yeah. Um, it's not like you're... I like to be able to hold things. Like, as much as I can type a blog post, I yeah. put it and then type it. I just have a thing about paper. Yeah. No, I, I get that. CDs. That's... Who still buys CDs? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> No, I I do prefer writing stuff down, but I get immensely annoyed with then having to type it up. Um, and I, I just can't tolerate the typing stuff up. So I've kind of really cut back, almost stopped, um, like writing down like blog posts and stuff now. I'll type it up or I'll just type it straight away um, just because I can't... I haven't got the patience, I don't think, to do the... I've written it now, let's type it, because, oh, my God, that's so boring. <laughs> yeah. I can't. I just can't. I don't have the interest in that. Um, cool. Well, thank you very much for chatting with me and for telling me all about your experiences and all the different stuff that's going on. Um, if people want to find out a little bit more about you or from you, where can they find you? Um, well, I have my website, which is uh, rachelwar.com. So that's uh, R-A-C-H-E-L-W-A-R.com. And that should have all my links. So I'm really active on Twitter. So that's like probably the best way if you like, want to have a chat with me or anything. And I do reply to messages. So, yeah, hit me cool. up. And I love... Um, I was talking to someone the other day about... Um, I think it was like website backgrounds or something. And they were talking about oh, how... Um, like the white background is like really traditional or something and it's the be- it's still the best way to have it and I was like oh I don't know I mean yes it's easier to read I suppose I don't know and then I looked at your website earlier to get the picture of the mic in front of it and I was like this is it this is like 90s cool black background and coloured writing <laughs> I was kind of going for do you remember Vampire Freak? There was a web- um, kind of sounds vaguely familiar but no like really 90s alternative kind of facebookish yeah um, yeah kind of have all the forums and things and i kind of wanted that vibe on it and it was you know black background with like dark purple writing or dark yes like green writing or something and it kind of um, always the like the scratchy effect to yeah the text as well 
just it's really that, good. I'm a bit sick of the you know pristine white blogger thing with the really square text. It's... Yeah, well, it, again, it's one of those. I I do. I quite like it, but there's so many. Um, it so really well, but it's very overdone at the same time. Yeah, like there's a couple that I really like, and they are pretty much their um, like white background, and then the they've got like a small banner thing at the top which um, some of them, like when you scroll down, the banner stays at the top of the page, which I quite like. I think that's quite cool. Um, but then there's like the three or four sites that I really like that are like that. So I don't really have a lot of... This sounds weird. Like I don't really have a lot of capacity for more than three or four sites that are like that. Yeah. Or like I've got the ones that I like that are like that. I, d- I kind of don't really want to see any more that are like that. I want to see other stuff. Yeah. Cool, awesome. Well, thank you very much for talking to me. And um, uh, I've completely forgotten what I was going to say halfway through saying it. <laughs> I think that was that was pretty much my goodbye, I think. <laughs> well, bye-bye. <laughs> bye-bye. So thank you very much for listening in to episode 69 with me and Rachel, uh, where we've spoken obviously about mental health and a few of her experiences as well. Um, As always, if you want to find out anything more about Mike's Open Journal, the podcast, the blog, me, um, that's all over at mikesopenjournal.com. And as Rachel said, you can find out more about her over at rachelwar.com. So that's rachelwar.com. Uh, she's over at Twitter with the underscore Rachel Wall underscore. Uh, and I think you can find links over to places like Facebook and Instagram and Snapchat and all that sort of stuff uh, with Rach as well. So again, thank you to you guys for tuning in. If you would like to come onto the podcast in the future, please do get in contact. It's always interesting to hear from new people and get them to come onto the podcast as well. I look forward to talking to you next time. And please do remember... You're not alone out there.